0: Amen. God is good. Are we here? Amen. Amen. I uh, I woke up in the early morning. I get not yesterday, but the, well, it was I think Friday night, Friday early. I can't early Saturday morning. <laughs> and I, and these verses were on my mind. It just like God was talking to me, and you know, you're kind of in a sleep slumber, but you're you're still kind of like you know, you're you're engaging and uh, Did you know that the psalmist said that He gives to us in our sleep? Yeah, He gives to us in our even in our sleep. That's good. So you guys that are sleeping right now, you're okay. Okay. <laughs> This is not a time to sleep, though, but some of us say, well, that's the best time I get my raps. You know? No, I'm just kidding. Um, thank you, Anna. Thank you, Nathan. Hey, your mom is here, Nathan. How you doing? And uh, the... Yeah, awesome. Um... And uh, we're all related, you know. You know a long story. But um, we just have really, really um, enjoyed Nathan and his, his whole attitude is just awesome. Um, I'm learning from him. <laughs> it's just uh, his, his his faith, is walk. So I'm going to title this message today. It's not about us. Okay? You've heard that many times, I'm sure. When been around Christian people or the Christian community or the speakers in somewhere somehow what does that mean what is what do you mean it's not about us i thought it was about you know us you know after all you know we 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 get hungry it's all about me you know and so we were on we were visiting um, we were visiting the girls at college last fall and in the place where we stayed was was a, was a plaque in the kitchen and said, uh, Hangry. You ever heard that word, Hangry? You just heard it now. Hangry. In other words, hungry with a tag on. If we're, if we're hungry, we get angry, and we can get angry. People get angry when they're, you know, desperate. So, no offense, Emily. We have fun with Emily. She, she, she's okay. But don't get around her when she's hungry. She, she lets you know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's great. Hey, last week we had toddlers at our house. Remember I told you the story about little Teddy? He's two. and he, got, he almost got run over and pulling the wood in the house, and he was holding on. To the stuff. I said, oh, wait, wait, wait. That's, just hold on here. You get in the back and push, and then we, we were okay. okay. So Chris was helping me pull the wood in this week. Chrissy. Chrissy. Anyway, it was fun. She chopped her first piece of wood this week. Yeah. yeah. It's on the camera. It's on the picture. You can get the proof. Ah, life is fun. I love young adults. Love young adults. I was once one of them. Um, (laughs) We are in process. Did you know that? What is he talking about? Process? You are in process. You and I have not arrived yet. Hello? We still make mistakes. We still flub up. We still make sometimes regretted things. But the point is this, never quit on God. And Paul's letter to Philippi, he, he started out the first, we're going to be in chapter 3, but his introductory thoughts were in verse 6, I am confident of the very thing God has started in you He's going to perform it. He's going to continue with it. Perfect it until the day of Christ. Well, that's a whole lot of good news to an old Norwegian, right? That gets used to the same old, wants he likes things the same old way. Doesn't like change that much. Well, guess what? Eh, we are changing. Good. It's a good change. With Christ in us, we are changing, hopefully day by day. And what, what, what are we changing to become? We're hopefully, God willing, with God's help, we becoming more like Jesus in his nature. We'll never, we'll never get there on this earth totally, but hang in there. The day will come when you're going to be changed completely forever and forever and become what God has originally made you to become. You're not there yet. You and I are not. It's not really about us. It's about what God is doing in us. And so I've taken this little bit of thought. It's not about us. When Paul wrote in chapter 3, he began to list his credentials. All right? Paul was a learned man. He was an academic student. He had he had it all down. He knew the law. And he takes his thoughts, and I'll read from verse, I'm going to start out about verse. um, I got ahead of myself a little bit. I'm going to come back around. okay? I'm going to jump to the second chapter, so to speak, of the book and come back to the book. So, verse 8 he says, More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. What in the world are you saying? It's kind of like when Peter said, Paul's, Paul's letters are sometimes hard to understand. Paul was a, was a learned man. He could speak and he could reason and he could stand up to the toughest. But he had something going for him. was God the Holy Spirit in him? And so we read on that verse. He lost he suffered the loss of all things. Paul suffered a lot of loss in his life physically and a lot of setbacks, a lot of pain, a lot of things he endured. But he said, it doesn't matter one iota. It doesn't make, it doesn't, it, he called it rubbish. Some translation called it dung. Rubbish. Nothing matters. But that I may gain Christ. And be found in him not having a righteousness of my own, not a self-righteous. Look what I've done. Well, if you only knew how much I knew. <laughs> no. Perhaps some of the most profound words came from a highly, I don't remember his name, but I heard it in Bible school. Man that was highly esteemed, written many books, walked with God, and he was asked a question What's the, that's the main thing? And he said, Jesus loves me. Yes, I know. Or the Bible tells me so. Keeping it simple. I like it simple. keeping our focus on the one who went after, chose to eat with, chose to heal the leper, the unclean, the one who was outcast in the Samaritan woman. You don't sit and you don't talk to Samaritans. You're a Jew, Right? Jesus surpassed all expectations. He confused some people. He took what was the law and he brought it down to the heart. And what Paul starts out, I have to go back now to the first beginning of his chapter. Paul is addressing this very thing that people are hung up with in the church, in his church, in his in the church of philippi they were hung up and some were troubled and what paul's saying finally brethren rejoice in the lord verse 1 chapter 2 that's a good way to live isn't it well, i mean it didn't it didn't plan on having that deer hit the hood but it, it happened <laughs> sorry nathan what an attitude It took him a while to get there, I'm sure you' start to, you start to take on, what what is really what what okay what could have really happened? what could have been worse life is life is full of a whole lot of setbacks and uh unfamiliar, unplanned. you know I so thought Paul would write. Several times, if the Lord permits. Right? He lived his life in that thinking, if the Lord allows us, we're going to get to your place. He was never so sure that, yes, we're going to be there at such and such a time, and it was what they didn't live that way. How about thinking this way? Maybe the Lord has something else in mind. You know what that does to us? It puts the responsibility on the Lord and not yourself. All of a sudden now He's in the He's in the driver's seat. And you're you're riding with Him. All of a sudden life takes on this. What is the Lord up to today? And how can I get in on it? How can I be a part of it? And He wants you to be a part. He wants to do something that is tailored made for you. He has created you for one reason only for himself. And he's going to use your set of circumstances very often times. He uses your set of circumstances to bring glory unto his name. Rejoice in the Lord. That was the way Paul lived. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. You see it over and over and over again. Why should we rejoice when something goes wrong? Because the Lord's still with you. He doesn't bail on you. You are not, you're not going to be controlled by what circumstances may be. You can let the Spirit of God control you inside. So he says, I write these things. It's no trouble. I'll write the, This is another time around. He's writing again another a letter, a way to, to encourage the people of God. Verse, verse 2, he says, beware of the dogs. Beware of the dogs. Now he's referring to people that are evil workers. When I grew up by Achan, there was a certain part of certain part of Achan, they called it Dog Town. <laughs> you remember? I don't know if any of you could. Dog Town. Well, why did they call it Dog Town? Because there were so many dogs in that part of the community. I don't know. My mom came up with that. Dog Town. But there are certain parts of our of our community, or in certain certain parts of our nation, there's a certain air and opposition towards God and the things of God. They they try to get into the church. Sometimes they get into the church. None of you are that here, so relax. Okay. But why would Satan, just think about it. Satan wants to attack the church, especially those who are close to God. And he wants to get you discouraged if you can. And so here's the here's the thing he does. He takes he takes truth and messes with it. He takes truth and makes part truth and then untruth. He mixes it up. He confuses people if he can. He wants to get the church to begin to disagree so that they can be mad at each other and stop gathering. Right? He knows how to weaken the army if he can. But I'm here to say, the enemy is under our feet. The enemy is under your feet. You have the authority in Jesus to pray in Jesus' name, and the devil has to run. Resist the devil. Draw near to God, James says. And he will draw near to you. I don't know about you. The devil doesn't like where there's a an atmosphere of praise and worship. The devil doesn't like when people are praying by the Spirit of God leading them. The devil can't stand when we pray in Jesus' name, and especially when the blood of Jesus is applied. He is done. That's where he was defeated. That's where he thought he had Satan, but in actuality, he was defeated. In Genesis, you see this right away. In the, in the beginning, Satan had a blow to his head. Satan would bite Jesus on the heel. That's the cross. But Satan took a blow. <laughs> he knocked him. He put him in his place. He can only go so far. He can only go if God allows it. As Job learned, he gave permission. You are in good hands. It's not about what you think. You can accomplish what I can accomplish but what he has already accomplished. And what he's going to accomplish, because of who he is, it's not about us. So our confidence, Paul is saying, number one, our confidence. There's nothing in the flesh. We can't rely on this circumcision. This is this is Old Testament. This is something that came. Uh, God called Abraham, and this is something that was significant. But as the church uh, was born, as the as the people of God begin to understand, Jesus was their Savior. We don't have to do that. Paul brings it to the understanding that it's a matter of the heart, circumcision of the heart. We are set apart because of our Lord himself calling you and I to walk with him. You are chosen. You belong to him. You are not even home yet. You are traveling through what we would know this is just as an alien. It's just someone who is traveling through. You're just a, you're just an. In, in essence, you're you're living in a temporary dwelling. You're living in temporary buildings. got? I just drive a temporary truck, right? Where's where's Chet? Where'd he go? Oh, hey, yeah. He he teaches me. So. I had so much fun with Chet, and he he. He's believing God for a new truck. I don't know. If that's what the Lord wants, okay. But I'll drive what I can, whatever it takes. So, the flesh, think about this for a moment. If you relied on your flesh, you wouldn't get out of bed in the morning, right? Right? Let's think about this. If you listen to, just listen to your flesh, right? I would find every excuse that the flesh would say, oh, you're tired. Oh, you know, it hurts. We just just freeze up. We start to rely on our flesh. All of a sudden, everything is overwhelmed. All of a sudden, the whole earth, the sky is falling. Right? Everything is bad. And we buckle. And we begin to begin discouraged. To and we forget, and we like Peter when he was sinking. He was actually walking on the water. What 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 was the problem here is he took his eye off Jesus. And some of us are, we, we've all been there. We, we've done pretty good, but then it really, things begin to happen. It snowballed and we went under. This can't be happening. We're light in the flesh. What do you do? He cried. What do you do when you're going under? You cry to Jesus. What do you do when you feel, I can't take it anymore? You cry to Jesus. Number one, He hears your cry, He will be there. He doesn't leave us or forsake us. You see, Romans 7, 18, Paul was describing this kind of a battle that was going on in the, between the flesh and the spirit. And he talked like this, kind of confusing. He said, I know what to do, but I have a hard time doing. I know what is right, but my flesh is messing with. I'll read the verse. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is in my flesh, for the willing, the willing is present in me, but the doing of the good is not. In other words, he's, he knows what's right, but he's. He no, we he should pray. But I wants not watch the TV. Okay, now I'm stepping on toes. I'm saying, what is the voice of the Holy Spirit? saying to us. And here's the deal. I am still learning to recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit. The voice of God. We are still all learning. We are are all still in process. And hopefully we're getting more and more sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Because I know if I only listen to my flesh, I will begin to go down, I will begin to go under, I will begin to drown, I will begin to flounder. But when I look to the Lord, when I call upon his name, and so as Paul was describing in another place, in another letter, in the letter of 2 Corinthians specifically, he was talking about something that was like a thorn in his flesh. Remember that? And he, he didn't really say what it was, but it was, it was some kind of weakness. Guess what? While we're on this Earth, we all have some weaknesses, right? We all have some weaknesses. You and I know what our weaknesses are. Probably uh, probably could take we don't want to name, we're not going to name them. We just know we know we know what our weaknesses are. When Paul asked the Lord to help him, and Paul's prayer was not answered in the way that Paul wanted maybe he wanted it to just be taken away so he didn't have this weakness rather than taking it out of Paul's life the lord says to him i will be your strength i will be you, you will be stronger because your weakness will will help you depend upon me now that's That's not the natural man thinking, is it? We want to get, we want to, we want heaven now, right? We we want things to be perfect now. How many know that's not going to happen? Right? Along and around this earth, this fallen world, we're going to have one thing after the other, not about us. But we're looking forward to the day when we're going to be changed. We'll get to that later. Paul's desire was a, it it was it was just all about okay, Jesus, you're in this, you're in my life. Paul's desire was to know God. It was it wasn't about he had to shift his thoughts off of himself. You see, because in my weakness, he's made strong, and so when I start to think, oh, how am I going to do this? And oh, how is this all going to get done? And oh, my goodness, oh, my Christmas is coming, and the family's coming, and all this stuff, all this stuff, and all this stuff. Remember back in college? I I went to college once. And and, uh, it was a struggle at times. I'm I'm from the north. I don't I don't I don't I had to learn how to drive down there, rather than go to college. One ways, wrong ways, figuring things out. But here's how it works. Oftentimes in your weaknesses, God will use someone else to bring strength. The body of Christ, remember that phrase? Where one is weak, the other is strong. All of a sudden, oh, we can't do it by ourselves. We're not supposed to do it all alone. Well, in other words, do what you're good at, polish it, work it, work in your gifts. But all in all, the desire, as Paul said it so well, that I might be found in him, not being righteous in myself. What does righteous in yourself look like? Well, it's like this. I thank God that I'm not like that man. Remember them guys praying at the altar? The one says, I thank God I'm not like that. know it comes from some uh, how can a person get to that place he thought about himself he looked to his flesh he be he allowed all of a sudden he he become like that Nebuchadnezzar guy that we're learning about on Wednesday nights that Nebuchadnezzar king who got so proud, he said, Look, oh, look, my kingdom. I built all this. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. You think you did then, huh? Okay. He didn't acknowledge the true God. He had problems. He wanted to have all the other gods in his life. Well, you come on Wednesday, you'll learn what happened. He had to eat grass for seven periods of time. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I don't want to go through that. The righteousness of my, oh, look what I've done, Lord. Oh, you need to see, after all I've done, Lord, wait a minute. It's rubbish. Does it matter? What, matter, what matters, do I know you? Do I know your voice? Am I sensitive? Is someone in need, Lord? Are you calling me to pray for that person? Are you calling me to call that person? Are you speaking to me about something I need to work on? It's so much deeper than the resume. And the good news is this. The more we realize we can, not but he can, the better we can. I can do all things, Paul said, through Christ who strengthen. Because the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. And so that battle that you and I are dealing with, the flesh versus the spirit, how to battle that is to keep, Calling on Jesus, going back and back and back. And so you heard this once said I may not have the answers to your questions, but I know the one who does have the answers to your questions. And I know the pathway. If you follow me on this path, We'll go to the one, and he will give us the answers. And he was referring to the place of prayer. And so every time we get stuck, we get bogged down, we get shot, shot at with the fiery arrows of the enemy. We know how to fight this battle. Paul said it the best. We do not fight this battle with flesh. He said it this way. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal or fleshly. In other words, you're not going to win by taking a baseball bat and hitting things. It might feel good for the flesh for a while, but that doesn't do much at all. Really, just wrecks things. I want to know him, that's Paul's desire. And he's willing to admit if it's even involves pain. Look at these verses following verse 10. That I may know him, the power of his resurrection. Listen, you have to have a dying experience to have a resurrection. All right? You have to experience death. And the fellowship, look at this, of his sufferings. Wait a minute. Oh, Jesus said, Come to me and I'll make your life merry. He said, Anyone wants to come after me, let him take up his cross. So there's this thinking. There's this thinking. Am I willing to follow Jesus if it costs me hard things, pain? Sometimes we face rejection as followers of Jesus. Sometimes we're misunderstood. Sometimes we may be labeled. It doesn't matter all that matters is what does Jesus think? and lead it to the last point the pressing on part I said earlier we win as long as we don't quit we don't quit on the Lord we don't give up on the Lord sometimes we may and even then he welcomes us back We may leave for a season. We may even be angry at God. God is not. He doesn't fall over. He holds steady. His eyes keep looking towards us. Even as a prodigal son, finally had to come to a place where he realized he was But sin had robbed him. He was no more. He was humble. He was broken. And then he remembered. And he made his way back to the Father. The Father was looking for him because how do we know this? He saw him from a distance. And if you're gonna see somebody from a distance, you're you're kind of this scan in the fields. You deer hunters know what I'm talking about. you got your eyes peeled. You saw him from a distance. And Jesus, God the Father, is looking, still looking for some people to come home to Him. Going forward is all, what it's all about. You, you and I are not going to become perfect here. Paul said, I forget everything that lies behind me. There's some things that we have to have the help of the Lord to forget. Get get over it so we can move it forward. Sometimes it requires some some really the right kind of people the right circumstances to help counsel and pray through and minister. So Paul says, I forget forgetting what verse 13 I haven't reached I haven't attained I haven't I haven't reached it yet but I forget it it doesn't matter yesterday has gone I can't change I can't go back I can't live that part of my life over again but here's what I can do I'm going to reach forward and this last year and a couple of years last couple of years have been chaos in a lot of people's lives increasing chaos because of the events things that we've been Going through it God has not changed. God hasn't <laughs> God hasn't changed his attitude toward you. So I'd like us to pray this closing time of this service. Lord, have I have I uh am I in the right place? I want you to be pleased, and, and, and the way you're pleased is that I simply surrender all that I, I'm trying to do, and all that I am, and all that I've messed up on. I confess my faults and sins and shortcomings, and confess them, and then you take them and heal, forgive. And I can only move on from this point, so I pray right now that you help us. Let some things go so we can move forward and believe, God, that the day is coming when we shall be forever and forever changed and transformed until that day, Lord. Grant us your strength. We're going to sing that song one more time. He is worthy of it all because it places our focus upon him, takes our thoughts off ourselves, Places are focused on Him. And that's where we need to be focusing on the day that we live in.